Merry Christmas. We are so glad that you are here with us. Um, if you're watching this online, would you write something in the comments so that we know that you're with us as well? And if you're watching online, if you're watching this on your porch or by a Christmas tree, maybe even post a picture of uh, you celebrating. And for those of you here in person, if we haven't told you in person yet, we're so glad that you're here too. Um, and if you're a guest with us, so thrilled that you're with us. Wanted to let you know that the next uh, three Sundays here at the church are going to be virtual Sundays. So you can join us online at 9 or 11. And the cool thing about being virtual, sometimes if you sleep in a little bit, you can watch it later. So that's always great too. So that's going to be the next three Sundays. Uh, just to be cautious, we're going to be virtual the next three weeks. You can also check out our church website and our app for all the great things that are going on in, here in the church. We have virtual uh, Bible studies and Sunday school classes, our Tuesday night mosaic group, and our youth and, and kids activities are amazing. Catherine Barnes is doing an awesome job with the kids. So many ways to stay plugged in here at the church and ways to serve. Uh, wanted to let you know also Sunday, January the 10th at 5 p.m., we're going to have a virtual prayer service for our healthcare workers and all of our friends who are essential workers. So that's going to be great as well. So again, we're thrilled that you're with us, and uh, we would love, if you're visiting, to come and join us again and stay connected with us. And a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's, uh, you all look so beautiful and handsome, even behind your masks. I, it's, you, uh, it's, uh, it's great to see you here, and I want to welcome you as Andy makes his way down to, uh, to light our candles for us today. One of my favorite things about the Advent season and preparing for Christmas is our Advent wreath. It's so beautiful and so meaningful. So here we go. We have watched. We have waited in hope. We light the first candle of hope. We have waited in peace, and we light the candle for peace. And we have longed for joy as we light the candle of joy. And we have waited for love as we light the fourth candle of love. Our redemption has drawn near and tonight we light the Christ candle, the sinner candle. Now hear these words from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor, you have broken as in the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for fire. For a child has been born for us. A son is given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia. 
Amen. And now I want to ask you to stand and join with me as we sing this joyful Christmas hymn, Joy to the World. seated. Just a reminder to you, if you um, have somehow made it past the, the baskets and you did not receive uh, one of these little tea lights and, and one of these uh, cups and wafers for communion elements, we'll use those later on in the service. So if you lift your hand, we have ushers that are, are kind of looking and and we'll get one of those to you uh, so that you'll be ready at the end of the service when we use those. Um, I want to to thank you for supporting your church all throughout the year. Santa Claus told me to tell you that if you haven't sent your uh, commitment card in for 2021 that um, go ahead and do that because people that are planning for our budget for 2021 need to know that. But thank you for your support. You can give online, you can give um, by mail, you can text to give, all different ways that you can support your church and the ministries that we have. One of the special things we do every year at Christmas is to take an offering for our white, uh, it's called the White Christmas Offering, and it's for United Methodist Children's Home. Um, the United Methodist Children's Home for, uh, for years and decades has been a place for, for kids that didn't have anywhere else to go. And I'm so proud of the work that they do, and once a year we do that. So if, um, if you'd like to give, and you wanna designate your money for that, if you just put children's home, um, you can also designate that if you give online for, children, for the children's home. And finally, one other way that you can give and help um, is 
since we're having communion, one of the, our customs is to receive an offering for our local missions fund, our benevolence fund. We have uh, a lot of people and it seems like the closer we get to the end of the year, the more and more calls we get for help. And this is one of the ways that we do that. So that's another thing that you can do. Now, typically, when we would have communion, you would come to the altar and you would kneel and receive communion there and you could leave an offering on the altar rail. But we're doing things a little bit differently this year um, for obvious reasons. So you can, uh, at the end of this service, if you wanted to leave something on the altar rail, if you wanted to make a cash donation, put it in an envelope and write on there for local missions or benevolence, then you can, you can do that as well. Uh, your prayer requests are important to us. If you will email those to us or mention those in the comments, we'll be glad to pray for you. Let's, let's pause for a second right now and pray. Lord, it seems like the closer we get to Christmas sometimes, uh, the more hectic things get. And it seems um, like everyone's rushing around to get the last minute things done. But Lord, I pray that you would just, just help us to be still right now, to just calm ourselves and to ground ourselves in the peace and the hope and the joy and the love of Christmas. May that find its home in our hearts May our lives not be so crowded that the real meaning of Christmas can't find its way in. As we celebrate communion tonight, help us to remember your great love for us. As we light our candles, help us to remember to let our light shine. As we give, Lord, to support the ministries of the church, help us to give cheerfully and know that what we give is being blessed and multiplied and used to further your kingdom. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing another Christmas carol right now. It's number 217. You can remain seated while we sing this. It's Away in the Manger, and it's, uh, it's, it's one of everybody's favorites. And following that, um, Benny is going to play a song for us because uh, we... We really are starving for Christmas music at this time of the year, and so he's going to help us out by playing. But right now we're going to sing Away in the Manger.
I had someone to uh, suggest um, on Facebook that next year we sing every single Christmas hymn in the hymnal. Uh, start, we'll start I don't know, however early we have to start and make sure we sing every single one of them. And I'm all for that. How about y'all? Yeah. All right. Tonight we're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 24. And you can follow along. I think the words will be up on the screen if you want to follow along on the app on your phone or however you do it. If you're joining us at home and you want to flip open the Bible and watch that way, you can. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a movie that I like a lot that came out when our kids were little called Monsters, Inc. Have any of y'all seen Monsters, Inc.? Ah, yeah, I see some enthusiastic hands going up for that. The, the heart of this movie is doors. As odd as that sounds, it, they really uh, play the, the center role in the movie's Monsters, Inc. Lots and lots of doors. And these doors separate two different dimensions. There's the realm where people live, and then there's another realm where the monsters live. And on the monster side of the door, there's a power plant, and the power plant generates power by scaring children. And what, what happens is the monsters will come through, they'll take a door, and then they'll come through the door into the human side, into a child's closet, and they will scare the kids and they will capture the screens of the kids in a container, right? And then they'll put the top on the container and go back through the door into the monster's realm and take the screens uh, to the power plant and this is what happens. So the door is very important that the door between the two realms be deactivated once this takes place uh, because the monsters are afraid of the children as the children are afraid of them because they think that the children are toxic and they're really scared. So um, that's kind of what's going on in Monsters, Inc. Uh, the two main characters, the two best scarers in the Monsters uh, side are James P. Sully Sullivan and his best friend Mike Wazowski. Um, Sully and Mike uh, Sully and Mike are scared of, of children just like all the other monsters are. And that is until they actually get to know a child kind of by accident. A little girl named Boo gets through a door that's accidentally left activated and she comes in. And so the movie is all about how Mike and Sully are trying to get Boo back to her home uh, and then through this process, through all of the things that they go through, they really start to care for this little girl named Boo. 
and they decide they have a change that happens in their heart. They decide that they don't want to scare kids anymore. Now, what's a monster supposed to do, Pastor Andy, if he doesn't want to scare kids anymore? I don't, I don't know. And kind of one of the climaxes of the movie is when they realize that um, laughter of children actually generates more power than screams. Um, and that's kind of why I'm telling you all about this, and, and not just to make you want to go and watch Monsters, Inc. again, but here is what I want you to think about tonight. Joy is more powerful than fear. I, I want you to hold on to that because 2020 has been a year filled with fear. And it's like as if we didn't have enough fear. We have people who have, every time you turn on the TV, they're telling you something else to be afraid of. Uh, but joy, the great good news of Christmas, the greatest good news of all is that joy, joy is more powerful than fear. The angels that announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds, do you remember what they said? I mean, these angels really stepped through a door from Angels, Inc. into the worldly, the human world and came to these shepherds who were watching over their flock by night and the shepherds were terrified. And who can blame them? I would have been scared too. And the angels, the first thing they said was, fear not. Fear not. I bring you good tidings of great, what? Joy. Joy which will be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then the angels went to see the baby Jesus, and when they went back home, they were joyful, they were rejoicing, they were glorifying God and giving thanks for everything that they had seen. And I just imagine that they were radiating the joy of Christmas to everyone that they saw. Now, how powerful is that when you have something like joy that changes your life and then you radiate it out to other people so that it affects their lives too? We used to sing a song when I was a kid and, and it went something like this. I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Oh, wow, it's been a while since y'all sung that song. I can tell. <laughs> but joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And how powerful would it be if that's what we radiated if that's what we radiated instead of fear. So what is it that, that blocks us from radiating the joy? Um, I've got a couple of ideas about what can keep us, what, what keeps us from shining that joy out. One is fear itself, because I think fear is a thief of joy. I think it steals our joy. It chases away our joy. It's, it saps our strength. Uh, Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I think it just drains us of our joy and our strength. So for that reason, I think for that reason, 
the most often given commandment in the Bible. I'm going to give you a multiple choice quiz tonight. Uh, what do you think the most frequently given commandment in the Bible is? Here's the multiple choice. Is it A, have faith, B, quit your sinning, or C, fear not? Pick C, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty safe to pick C on any multiple choice test. So more than any other commandment in the Bible, uh, we are told not to be afraid. Not to be afraid. So why are we told fear not so much? Why is it that that message is over and over and over again repeated in the Bible? I think it's because we're so saturated by fear. We're afraid of getting sick. We're afraid of getting old. We're afraid of not having enough money. We're afraid of terrorists, afraid of global warning, afraid of ourselves, afraid for our loved ones, afraid for our country. We're, I don't know, we're just afraid. It reminds me of an, another one of our favorite movies, and this one we absolutely have to watch a couple of times every Christmas. is Charlie Brown Christmas Special. And there's a place where, you know, Charlie Brown goes up to Lucy's psychiatrist booth and puts a nickel in, and she rattles the can, you know. And then she starts talking about all these phobias, and, and then she lists through all of these different phobias, and then she finally says... Um, and then there's panophobia. Do you think you have panophobia, Charlie Brown? And Charlie Brown says, what's panophobia? And she said, fear of everything. And he says, that's it. And she flips over. I don't know. It, it's, it's like either you love that or you don't. Um, but whatever your fear might be right now, whatever it has been this year, whether it's panophobia or it's just fear of what other people think of you. Whatever it is, that can be one of the things that blocks your joy. It blocks the power of God from shining through your life. Another thing that blocks uh, the joy, I think, in our lives is, is just wrong attachments. There's a, a story in Mark chapter 10 where this guy who's known as the rich young ruler comes and he asks Jesus what he needs to do to inherit eternal life and Jesus said well do you know the commandments and he said sure I know the commandments not only do I know them I've kept them all ever since I was little um, and then Jesus said there's one thing that you're missing there's one thing that you lack go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me and then it says that the rich young ruler went away sad. He went away grieved because he had great possessions. I think this is a man that had a lot going for him. I mean, certainly he was wealthy. Most people are impressed by that. He, had, he was morally upright. It said he was a commandment keeper. Most people are impressed by that. But the power of God was not shining through his life. He didn't have his life changed by joy. He didn't accept Jesus' invitation to come and follow him just because he was attached, attached to his stuff that smothered out his joy. You know what smothers out the joy of Christmas? It's all of the stuff 
that we attach so much importance to. It's, I know that it's fun to have presents. I like presents too. I know it's fun to have food and decorations and parties and we can't really do as much of that as we want to. And look, those things are great and they will make you happy for a little while, but they won't give you life-changing joy. As a matter of fact, if you become too attached to things like that, then you'll walk around sad and you'll not hear the real call of Jesus when he says, come and follow me. And then finally, I think a, a wrong focus can block your, your joy. I heard a story about a, a man who walked up on a group of kids playing baseball in an empty lot and there was a little boy standing on the side of the field and he went up to the little boy and he said, what's the score? And the little boy said, well, we're down 18 to nothing. Wow, said the man, I bet you're discouraged. And the little boy said, discouraged? Why would I be discouraged? We haven't even gotten up to bat yet. <laughs> so I know that 2020 has been a discouraging year in a lot of ways. But you know, I would really like to have the attitude that little boy had. Maybe we've had a lot of discouragement. Maybe we've had a lot of grief. But maybe, maybe God just hasn't gotten up to bat yet. Maybe we need to hold on to the good things that God has in store for us because I think that's where the joy is. Um, I, I, I read not long ago in my devotional time um, a passage from, from Romans chapter 8. Um, and I want to just read that to you because it is so um, joy-inspiring. Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, he says in verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Nothing can separate us. I sometimes um, have a, what I call a pity party for myself. Do you all ever throw a pity party for yourself? I found myself not too long ago, uh, just, uh, I don't know, I had a lot on my mind, and instead of the joy of Christmas, I, I really felt like saying, bah humbug. Uh, and I don't know, maybe you get like that sometimes. Um, but I got to looking at some of those things that Paul was talking about in Romans 8, verse 35. He talked about, I don't know, trouble. Yeah, I, you don't have troubles like everybody else. Hardship, sure, we've had hardships. Persecution? Mm, uh, maybe, maybe not so much persecution. I know some people think they're being persecuted if somebody says happy holidays to them instead of Merry Christmas, but that's not real persecution. It's not persecution at all, really. Uh, famine? Uh, you can look at me and tell me I haven't, tell I haven't had famine. Um, nakedness? I wouldn't want to be naked today, but no, I've got plenty of clothes. May not have designer clothes, but I've got clothes. Sword, 
Danger? Not really. I don't have, I may have a lot of things to worry about, but I don't have anybody coming after me with a sword. But even if I had all of those things happening in my life, even if I had everything checked on Paul's list there, even if I had all of that, he says I could be more than a conqueror in verse 37. More than a conqueror. I mean, if you think about it, how could anybody be more than a conqueror? Wouldn't just, be a con- just being a conqueror be enough? If, if you overcame everything on that list, and trouble and the hardship and the persecution and famine and danger and sword, if you did all of that and you conquered all that, I, I don't know, you'd probably get your own reality TV show. You would probably write a best-selling novel entitled The Conqueror. But we're more than conquerors, Paul says, because nothing, not death or life or angels or demons or things present or things in the future, not powers, not height nor depth, not COVID-19, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That love that we are in, that love that is in us, Nothing can pull us out of that, not even death. That's how we're more than conquerors. So what separates you from your joy? What, what, I'm not talking about happiness because happiness kind of depends on our happenings, right? But joy. Joy that's not dependent on circumstances. Joy that, that powers our life. That's the, that's the power plant of our life. Joy that, that pierces the darkness around us. Maybe our focus. Maybe our focus is, is the difference. Maybe if we focused on the love of Christ and didn't let go of that. The hope that lies in God's plan for us. And, and thinking about how God hasn't even come up to bat yet. And God gets to bat last, by the way. Maybe if we could focus on that, then our light would start shining. Be joyful always, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Well, we know that's easier said than done. Be joyful always. But here's what I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn that joy is a choice just like praying continuously is a choice just like giving thanks is a choice and choosing that choosing that makes us shine it makes us shine i think more and more i'm trying to learn that joy is something you take out of things not something you get out of things so let your joy shine through this year let let joy change you and let that joy shining in you change those around you and don't don't let fear rob you don't let wrong attachments and wrong focus block your joy in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen um as i prepare for um for Holy Communion, Benny is going to play um, a beautiful song, and the name of this song is Whence Comes This Lovely Fragrance, and while he does that, we will prepare to receive Holy Communion.
And now hear this invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Will you bow your heads with me as we confess our sins before God? Most gracious God, as we bow before you this evening, we realize that there are many ways in which we have failed to live up to your glory in our lives, both as individuals and collectively. We confess our sins before you tonight. You have asked that we love you with our whole hearts and we've not done that. You've asked that we love our neighbor and sometimes, Lord, we walk by and don't hear the cries of the needy. We ask, Lord, as we bow before you that you would forgive us. Hear our prayers and forgive us and free us for joyful obedience through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now will you hear the good news? Christ died for us while we were yet sinners and that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, he returned thanks to you, and he said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Oh God, how thankful we are for your body broken for us and your blood shed for us. How thankful we are as we bow before you, realizing that we are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs underneath your table, and yet you invite us. You invite us to come, and out of your great love for us, you have provided these sacraments. We ask that you would pour out your spirit on us as we gather here tonight out of love for you. Pour out your spirit on these your gifts of bread and wine. May they be the body and blood of Christ for us, even as we are the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. As we share this communion tonight, will you make us one with yourself and one with each other and one in service to all the world until you come again and we feast at your heavenly banquet. We say thank you, Lord. Amen. Each of you should have received uh, your communion elements, and we're, we're going to receive those now. And, and there's a little trick to, to these, and this may be the first time you've done it. The wafer you'll find in the top, and so if you peel off the very tippity top layer, you'll find the, the wafer. And then if you peel off the bottom layer, now, look, if the, last, the first time I tried to do this, um, I, I was trying to tell everybody how to do it, and I couldn't get it done myself because it's not that easy to do. Don't feel embarrassed to get your neighbor to help you if you need to do this, all right? Body of Christ, broken for you.
blood of Christ shed for you. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks even now for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself for us. May this stir our joy and may our joy shine to those around us that others might see our good deeds and give glory to you. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you also should have received one of these. As, as you leave tonight, either through this door or that door, then you can just take your, your empty cup and drop it in the basket on your way out. But these you're going to want to take with you. These, um, on the bottom is a, is a little switch. And this is so, uh, so simple, even I can do this. Just um, flip your light on, okay? Because in a moment, we're going to dim the lights and you're not gonna be able to see how to, to turn, turn your, your little candle on. And, and when you leave, take your light with you and let it shine wherever you go, okay? This will be a reminder to you. Now, um, I want to ask you to stand with me and sing um, uh, one of our favorite songs, Silent Night. Let's stand together.
And now may the hope and the peace and the love and most of all the joy of Christ fill your Christmas. In the name of Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.